Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 518th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening on, thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I read a song, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via, and I'm a great podcast for all you guys today, gonna have Brett Swader on. Talk about everything college football, Georgia Bulldogs, the college football semifinals, Georgia versus Ohio State, TCU versus Michigan. Now, before we get to that conversation with Brett, I'm going to get my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with friends and family, whether you via Reddit, Threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on description below, specifically if you use Spotify, everything timestamped, you can click on the timestamp. And we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitron underscore Lane. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You'll find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here. As well as my second show, Outside the Shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right now we're not, folks. But just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. I could have next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk and I have Brett Swader on the show. I could have next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Brett Swader with us. How you doing, man? It's It's been too long. It's been way too long. Doing well, doing well. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. So the first thing we're going to talk about, Mike Leach uh, tragically passed earlier today. He was having, I think it was a heart attack. I was having some heart complications uh, this weekend. He was airlifted to the hospital. It was kind of like, oh, it's not going very well. So I just want to get your thoughts on the whole situation. Obviously, kind of a pioneer, uh, one of the originators of the air raid. Uh, just thoughts of Mike Leach. Uh, he's a great, great guy more than he was a great coach, but he was all, both, obviously. I was talking to some people about him. He's just he's just a legend, man. Whether you love him, you know much about him, if you don't, look into the guy. He's comical. He's witty. A lot of people hear about his players maybe transferring out of Mississippi State because, you know, to anyone who knows, there was a kid in the portal saying, making some comments about how he was soft compared to, according to Mike Leach. But at the end of the day, Mike Leach is, I mean, he is the reason the air raid is what it is. So to consider him anything but a legend is just not true. So prayers out to him and his family right now. What a legend. Yeah, I thought the whole thing was kind of crazy because you typically don't really that that stuff just doesn't typically happen because he was like what he was like sixty one years old, so that it's like oh like he's in the hospital and everybody's saying it's really really bad and he was like he was just coaching like not even a month ago, so it like it goes from that to like he's gone. Oh, absolutely! I, I was shocked. I mean, and his age obviously wasn't super old. I mean, 
I've got relatives older that seem healthy, so it scares me when it comes to that. But it's unexpected. That's life. Uh, tell the people you love, you love them, because you just never know. And it's, it, it just hates that it, it always happens to the people that it seems don't deserve it the most. What do you think Mississippi State should do now in terms of getting a head coach? You know, I haven't even had time to process and think about that one. But, I mean, obviously you have plenty of time to hire someone before the off. I mean, with the off season coming up and all that. I don't even know which way to look. I mean, it feels like a lot of the established coaches have either, you know, re-signed or people from Matt Rule to Bickle to Dion have already stamped where they want to be. If you're Mississippi State, I think I'm just – it could be a hire that nobody's expecting, a no-name hire, but that doesn't mean it's the wrong hire, but you may have to look inside some of these, even even Mississippi State's program. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that they had an assistant coach that they're properly going to line up. They haven't really released that, but I think I read some insider stuff about that's probably what they're going to do. Uh, it just really, it really depends on what route they go, because I, off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you who I'd go out and get, and especially as an SEC school playing in the SEC West, you better find somebody or it's just not going to be good. Like a Bill O'Brien? How about a Bill O'Brien? Uh, see, Bama fans, would, uh, from what I hear, they don't like him, so I'm sure they would <laughs> love that. But, but uh, I think they just complain anytime they don't go 15-0, and 0, so a little shade there. But <laughs> So that wouldn't be bad. I mean, I don't. I mean, he's had some NFL experience, and he's still at one of the best programs in the country. And I think that's somewhere you could go with it. And I'm sure he would take that job. I mean, I think he's a guy who wants a head job. So now I want to go to the college football playoffs. So you're going to have Georgia as the one seed, and they're going to face Ohio State, who's going to be the four, and then Michigan's the two, and TCU's the three. So let's start with Georgia and Ohio State. I think that's the most interesting and potentially the most entertaining matchup. What are your thoughts as a Georgia Bulldogs fan about drawing Ohio State, who was a team that was like, what, weren't they ranked like second to begin the year? Absolutely. Um, With no disrespect, I'll go ahead and come out and say, there's not a team in college football that I despise more than the Ohio State Buckeyes. (laughs) But with that being said, I respect everything they have there. Respect Coach Day, respect C.J. Stroud, everything they have. The problem I have with it is I don't necessarily agree with the seeding, and I think Ohio State is the best matchup for Georgia that anybody that out of any school in the nation. That doesn't mean I think Georgia's going to lose or win. I just feel like Georgia matches up better with TCU and Michigan than they do Ohio State. And if you're the one seed, you deserve to play the fourth best team, and I just don't personally think that Ohio State is the fourth best. I think they're a little better than that. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting how all that went down. I mean, I personally think that probably Alabama was the fourth best team in Ohio State should have been three, and maybe TCU should have been out. Uh, But I don't think anybody would have wanted that, having two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. But then I think it also gets into, I think, they're not supposed to consider it, but back in their mind, I do imagine part of it has to be, do you want Ohio State playing Michigan back-to-back when that game already happened? Yeah, I, I see. I think. I mean, we have we've had the same thing in the past. Uh, Georgia and Alabama have been in the uh, playoff 
lost twice together. However, the first time they didn't play in the regular season, uh, Georgia drew Auburn that year. So it wasn't a big deal that they separated them. However, last year we saw the SEC championship game, and they did a similar thing. But I also think the way that the season went last year, the rankings didn't shape out bad. I mean, Georgia was still – I mean, they were undefeated all year long. Everybody thought they were the best team. They were ranked one. They lost to Bama, and Bama was escaping by everybody that they probably should have beat. You know, they had to lost A&M. But when they won the SEC, they got the one seed, I believe it was. I think Michigan ended up two, Georgia ended up three, and then Cincinnati at the four. But but this year, I think it's just, like I said earlier, once you, when you're the one, you deserve to play the four. And I just don't think it's fair to, if you're the committee, I know it's all about money and you don't want to see rematches, but – if a team, you just got to ask each fan base. If your team is the best team in the nation, you get the one seat. You want to play the fourth best team. You don't. I mean, that's that's a reward. You don't want to have to play the second, maybe third best team in the first round if you're the best team. I just think that's what it turns around. Do I think TCU should be in? Maybe. Yes, actually, I do. Maybe more than Alabama. I mean, we can argue that all day. We can talk. I can see both sides. However. The only problem I have with it is, Daryl, tell me one time a college football team has ever lost and their ranking didn't drop. It's really never happened. I mean, TCU. And also the weirdest thing about TCU is Ohio State was ranked ahead of TCU for the whole year. So their only loss was to Michigan, who is the number two team in the country. So if you lose to the number two team in the country – how does that supersede you dropping below a team that you were ranked the whole year with when you have the same record as that team? I don't understand that. Absolutely. And even if uh, they had a way to work it where Ohio State had to play TCU in the first round, or no matter what the number is, or even if they played in the regular season, I'm almost going to say that Ohio State is going to be favored by more than a touchdown, especially now after the Kansas State loss. I don't think people are comparing Kansas State to Michigan. So, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's tough for me. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's right, but I understand why the committee did it. But at the same time, do I think they got the right four teams? Yes. Do I think they got the, got the right order? No. What do you think is Ohio State's chance of beating Georgia? Percentage-wise, I'm not sure. Uh but I know that as far as if they're looking at it on paper, it's better than any team in the nation. So does that mean Michigan can't you know, beat TCU or TCU can't beat Michigan and turn around and beat Georgia if they have to play them? No. That just means on paper who lines up better. And it's Ohio State. And I know me and you talked about this off air, but uh, Ohio State has two 1,000-yard receivers. I know they're missing one of their best. That's declaring for the draft because of injuries. But everywhere that Georgia is young is where Ohio State is strong. So – don't let that – if any Ohio State fans hear this, don't make that think you're just going to walk through them because Georgia's still strong in a lot of places. But we have two freshman DBs, but we also have two uh, outstanding, probably going to be drafted pretty well DBs. So uh, it just really – I mean, matchups, it makes games. And I think if Georgia beats Ohio State, they have a way higher percentage to win the national championship than, than either one of the teams from the other side. And it's kind of a matchup of, you know, like kind of the best defense in college football versus really what most people would consider the best offense in college football. How many points do you think is realistic for – how many points do you think Ohio State can score on Georgia? Could they get to 30? See, 
Uh, well, see, a lot of people are going to, no matter how I answer this question, if um, the SEC championship game, they're going to sit here and say, well, LSU had 30 points, and look at all the other balls, too. And, you know, I was like, well, first of all, if you know anything about football, Georgia played two teams this year that love to air it out. And, well, LSU kind of changed their identity towards the end of the year, but it's LSU and it's Tennessee. Against Tennessee, Georgia brought the pressure, Georgia played underneath, and just man coverage. And then just tried to make them throw the deep ball. A hooker missed a few shots deep in that game. However, I think that had a lot to do with the pressure. And then against LSU, I think Kirby may have said, hey, even though we got good pressure, we could have gave up some deep balls. Let's try to play underneath. And so LSU just took everything Georgia gave them underneath. I think that has a lot to do with why they scored so many points. However, if you're up by 20, you're not really sweating the yardage or points that much. So I think Ohio State can learn from that. But I also think Georgia can learn from that. So, it's tough. <laughs> it's all. It's all I know how to say is it's tough when it comes to that. I'm just. I'm real. I'm worried about this game, but at the same time, I think Georgia can still pull it out pretty solid. But I think to beat Georgia, they have if they don't score at least, it has to be 28, 25, 28 plus. Because the difference in this Georgia's team and last year's, everybody's like, well, they're so good. That's a you know, once in a generation defense last year. It is, and our defense, if you look at it, is still a top-ten defense in the nation this year. It's probably even top five. I haven't even looked at it. But our offense is light years better. So that's, I, I think this team is actually overall better than last year because a lot of last year's offense was just run the ball and play defense. Over or under, if the over or under for Ohio State was, let's say, 32 points, would you take the over or under? Uh, you're talking about their over 32? Yeah. I'm going to say under. Um, I, I can't remember how bad, or I know they won by 22 or 23, Michigan did against Ohio State, but I got news for Ohio State. If Michigan can find ways to do it, I think Georgia's going to find ways to keep them under that as well. But I know that's a big rivalry. I know that's a different kind of atmosphere. But the, the only sentence I can say as far as are you going to score 30-plus points and beat Georgia is y'all must have forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is crazy, too, because I think Michigan did give kind of a blueprint. They kind of really just punished Ohio State, ran the football on them. I mean, they got continuously big plays down the field, Ohio State. They did an awful job tackling. Like, there was never any safety help. Like, it was it was really astonishing to watch, particularly in a game like that. It's just like, they just kind of got beat up physically. And it was, the game was pretty close in the first half. and the second half, Michigan kind of just ran away from it. So if you think Georgia's better than Michigan, you conceivably think they're going to be able to do those same things, particularly with how much better, right, a Stetson Bennett is uh, from last year to this year. Because you would also think Ohio State's defense, you'd also think uh, Georgia's going to be able to move the ball pretty regularly on Ohio State. As long as we don't, Georgia's biggest issue, and a lot of people want to say, Hey, Georgia played close to Kent State. Georgia had a, a scare game against uh, Missouri. Well, if you go look at every game Georgia has struggled, they turn the ball over. They've been cleaning that up a lot, so I'm, I'm hoping that stays to be true. But every game Georgia doesn't turn the ball over, it's not close. It doesn't matter if they're playing. And if you go look at Stetson Bennett's numbers against uh, top 25 teams, that are, and this isn't just throughout the year, this is current top 25 teams. So at the end of the season, they finish top 25 he has a better record than everybody in the nation as a quarterback. I mean, even better than all the other three Heisman candidates. So, excuse me. So, do I think that Michigan – I'm sitting here looking at it right now. Ohio State had 20 points in the first half against Michigan. They finished with 23. 
I'm, I don't think Michigan's better than Georgia almost anywhere. And that's no disrespect to Michigan. I mean, and I'm sure Michigan fans are not going to like that. However, if they're smart, they're going to remember a lot about last year. And I'm not trying <laughs> to say this is last year. But, <laughs> but we have a lot of the same weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And our defense is still – they only average – uh, for those who don't know, Georgia's defense only averages giving up three more yards a game than that historic defense last year. And if you want to look at the resume, I would say our schedule this season was harder than our schedule last season. Now, what would you say to people who say, like, right, the Missouri game was really close. They barely won that against, you know, kind of a mediocre Missouri team. Maybe another team can replicate that in the playoffs. What would you say to skeptics who would say that about Georgia? Uh, like I said, it comes to turning the ball over. Um, I'm going to actually pull up to see what, what all uh, the numbers were on that game. Because uh, that was a night game, too. It was a little weird. Like, I mean, you know. Yes. yes. At Missouri. Um, see, I'm trying to get the box score here. I mean, Georgia only scored. The most they scored is 14 points a quarter. And that's just not – it's just not what they do. And I think – I can't mistake. And we had three turnovers, four turnovers, something like that. And, I mean, it's – it's just not something you need to do in the SEC alone to win football games. And I know Missouri's not a very great football team. They they may have played with some teams this year that they maybe shouldn't have, but at the end of the day, I think it's just turnovers. I think that's the difference. I think if you don't, if they don't turn the ball over, I think Georgia probably beats them by third. By the way, why do you hate Ohio State? Why is Ohio State the team you hate most? <laughs> I knew that question was coming. And for those who are curious on why Ohio State is my least favorite team in all of college football uh there's other teams that fall into this category but it comes down to if ohio state went and played three high school teams over in columbus and lost they'd still be preseason top five next year (laughs) so you think there's a little bias Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of analysts. I mean, I know David Pollock went to Georgia, of course, but like, there's there's analysts that went to Ohio State. Uh, I believe Galloway and Herb Street and all them. You can be talking. I feel like you could just be talking about LeBron James or something, and they'll just talk about how he's from Ohio. Oh, did you know he's an Ohio State fan? And the next thing you know, they're talking about CJ Stroud going to Heisman. <laughs> so, so it's just I just feel like no matter what, if 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 Ohio State quarterback can or just a player can even get close to the um, the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, just have a good season, period. It doesn't even really matter. They're going to try to get them to the Heisman ceremony. They're going to try to get them to, you know, preseason top three in the nation. And that's like this year. They were number two in the nation. I understand a lot of people thought Georgia wasn't legit, but or wasn't going to be legit this year because of how much they lost to the draft. But if you want to ask anybody, and I'm not talking about the casual fan because there's always those, but anybody who just studies the team of the University of Georgia, I would say it in the offseason. And like I just said on the podcast, and I still stand by it. They may not have some of the big play Jordan Davises or whatever. Well, Jalen Carter, I thought, just as good, but not better. And there's a, and we're a lot better on offense. So I was like, I didn't think Georgia was going to take a step down. I think Georgia needed to beat Oregon week one. And then, then once I found out Tennessee was good, I said, if Georgia beats Oregon and Tennessee, they're going to win the SEC. And Ohio State, it's like, who do you have to beat? That, and then you got a fake preseason uh, game against Notre Dame, who was ranked fifth at the time. And we all know Notre Dame is not the fifth best <laughs> team in the nation. So, 
I feel like a lot of times some of the teams like that, I mean, Notre Dame falls in that category as well. But I, 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 you know, I told you I work close to South Bend, so I, I can't hate on Notre Dame too much. But they're in that same category. It doesn't really matter what they do this year. They're going to end up, you know, preseason top five, top ten schools like Ohio State. And Georgia could lose. I said the, year, the last time Georgia played for a national championship before last year, we were preseason 15th in the nation with Nick Chubb as a running back. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's it is interesting when you do say that. There, it is. It seems like you're a little mad that Georgia, right? They're the reigning defending champions, and then they're three. They were third in the country to start, and Alabama, I believe, was one, and Ohio State was two, right? Absolutely, Bama one, Ohio State two, Georgia three. I get the Bama. The Bama bias can be up there as well, because but then again, they've earned it. Let's be honest. Ohio State, you've won a championship in the playoff era. However. You've lost every other time you've been in the first round, and it hasn't been close. At least any time a school like Georgia, a school like Bama has been in the playoffs, Bama's only ever got beat bad one time, and it was to that Ohio State Ezekiel Elliott National Championship team. But when you take them out, take that out of the equation, every time Ohio State shows up in these playoffs, they look like they don't belong. Alabama usually at least looks like they belong, so I can't. And don't get me wrong, Alabama's in that top two or three, four schools I hate the most. So, so you don't have to worry about. Like, I'm not, I'm not defending Alabama. I'm saying the difference is at least they've earned it. You know what I'm saying? Now, what do you think of TCU and Michigan? I love Max Duggan, Duggan, but I just don't think they've got the depth. I don't think they have what it takes to beat Michigan. I hope I'm wrong. I would prefer TCU to win just because I love the story. Uh, They've been left out a couple times throughout the years, or not necessarily left out. They've kind of done it to themselves a few times. Uh, I remember a couple years back, I think Ole Miss was decent. It might, it might have been two, three years ago. I can't remember. But they turned around and beat uh, Ole Miss very bad in a, in a bowl game. And I was like, they had a point to prove. I think they ended up like a 12 or 13 and 1 that year, something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was one year there where they were uh, really close to making the playoffs. Yes, that's what I'm. Th- they got left out, or they, you know, or they might have ended up in the fifth seed that year or something. And I think they're pissed. So I'm happy they're there. I'm happy to see a new face. Um, not that a new face is always better, but I think it's good for ratings. I mean, if you think about the geography of the four schools in the playoffs, it's pretty, it's pretty spread out. The only way this could have been better is if. Um, no offense to, I mean, obviously, I don't like Ohio State, but no offense if they would have not. If, if USC doesn't lose, you have a representative from almost every side of the country. So that would have been, or minus the Northwest. So that would have been very great for ratings. But at the end of the day, I don't think these teams care about that. I think they're here to win a championship. How do you think TCU would do against Georgia? Um, honestly, <laughs> I <think> close. <laughs> I think that's why I'm a little a little upset about the rankings. Um, I understand not wanting to see Michigan Ohio State play, but I also, like we said earlier, I think one deserves to play four. And um, Kansas State is a solid football team. And who knows? I mean, this Alabama team is hot and cold. Kansas State may go out there and beat them in the what is it, the Sugar Bowl this year, I believe. Uh, however, just on paper, what I've seen from TCU, what I've seen from Georgia. Uh, how is TCU going to stop Jalen Carter? I mean, he picked up Jaden Daniels for LSU and could have slammed the man, you know, it could have been bad, but I don't think Max Duggan wants to see Jalen Carter. What about if Michigan were to play Georgia? Do you think that game would be more of the same from what happened last year? 
I think it just comes down to, well, one, Corum's, I don't know what the status of Corum's after the year. I can't remember quite what his injury was. He had a knee, I believe. Uh, that's probably, yeah, that's the, their best player, I would say, so on offense at least. Um, but what it comes down to is Harbaugh loves to run the ball and he loves to play defense. But I think if you want to look at numbers for the past few series, not even just the past year or two, just look at Kirby's tenure in Georgia. That's what he does. He runs the ball. He plays defense. I mean, Georgia's offense with uh, their coordinator, Malkin, now, he opens it up a lot more. Uh, so that's great. And at the end of the day, it's just Harbaugh plays Kirby smart football, and you just don't beat Kirby at his own game. That's why I think whoever wins the Ohio State-Georgia game, yes, Ohio State lost to Michigan. But whoever wins that game, I think, has a good chance to win it. And if Georgia wins, I think it's almost wrapped up. Because Ohio State is the worst matchup. Well, Michigan is – I would almost rather play Michigan than Ohio State in the first round. Now, if Ohio State were to beat Georgia, do you think Ohio State would have the edge versus Michigan again or TCU? Uh, over TCU, absolutely. I think it's depth. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I've never really – for the past few years, I've understood what depth meant to universities. Because if people, as a Georgia fan – Georgia has been solid in my lifetime. Georgia's won. T- I mean, Mark Rick got fired the year he won ten games. So Georgia has been solid in my lifetime. However, they've just always come up short. And then I noticed that uh, the main difference was a uh, besides the defense was the depth. I mean, and then where he got that was from just you know learning under Saban at Alabama. That's why Saban's like I'm gonna get as many five stars as I can because it's when it's the third quarter and you're still got the same players on the field, we're going to send a, a, a freshman out there who's just going to get two or three reps in, but guess what? He's probably going to end up being a second or first-round draft pick in three years. So depth is a big deal. I think Georgia has it. I think Ohio State has it. I think Michigan has it. I don't think TCU has it. Would you – it sounds like in your heart, you do believe TCU is kind of a little bit of a fraud, even though it's a nice story with Max Duke and the, the TCU – the regionality, a team nobody expected to, obviously with Oklahoma leaving uh, the Big 12. I think everybody was kind of thinking they weren't going to have a playoff team this year. No, with Lincoln Riley, excuse me, Lincoln Riley leaving the Big 12 and leaving Oklahoma there. Uh, but if Alabama's in, let's say Alabama's in, and let's say Ohio State's at the three, how concerned would you be for Georgia if they had to play Alabama? Oh, you always got to be concerned if the other team has a Heisman, a former Heisman Trophy winner, and a coach like Nick Saban. I mean, I don't care who you are. Um, I understand they. Uh, there's, I, I have two, a lot of Alabama fans from you know geography where I live. There, I live for those curious. I live close to Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee. Like I'm right there, close in the Tri-State area. So I'm, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good bit of people in my, you know, in my conversations with me, talking about each team. And when it comes to Bama, is We've seen it. They can do it. They've done it a million times, it seems. They've got a Heisman quarterback, a former Heisman Trophy winner. They've probably got the best defensive player in the nation. Yes, people are going to go, heck, they should have lost this many games. Yeah, but they've also only lost the games they have by combined four points. So, they have four losses, but they also could be 12 or 12 and 0 right now. Yeah, the demise of Alabama has been a little bit overstated, I think. I think it's just people wanting Alabama to be bad, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess you could point to some, like, chinks in the armor, but it is like they were just, they were right there with Tennessee, and they were right there with LSU, so I'd be, right? And during the Tennessee game, I mean, Bryce Young was coming back from injury that game, too. So, I mean, it's not like they just suck now, or they're like a team that's incapable. I mean, like, they're they're very much like 
as good as most of the top thieves in the country, if not better. Absolutely. I mean, people love, I mean, and this is coming from a Georgia fan who is probably right there at that two spot behind Ohio State. I think the only time I've ever pulled for Alabama is when I watched the Alabama. Well, I, I take that back. I pulled for them against Tennessee this year. You just you just can't pull for a, a team in your division to win that early on in the year when you haven't even played them yet. So, of course, I pulled for Bama against Tennessee. However, uh, Bama is right there at that two spot, so I'm not trying to sound like I love them, but they know what they're doing. They've been there before. It, and... Yes, they are two more plays away from be, having four losses, but they're also two more plays from being undefeated. It's, it just really depends on how you look at it. Was that Alabama-Tennessee game the best game you've watched all year? Probably so. I'm trying, I was trying to think of one better just off the top of my head. But it was great. The only thing I would take away to make it one unanimous is, I mean, Bama played terrible as far as the penalties. They had 17 penalties. If you take those seven, or just, let's just say they have half of them. That game was absolutely crazy. Alabama's defense, though, it was, it was awful. Just so much open space. Saving ass at all. Yeah, no, just so much open space. I mean, receivers are just consistently getting open and get it again. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Uh, but that game was absolutely crazy. And then to see the field get stormed like it did, and then they're just playing Dixieland delight the whole time. I was kind of like, I could pay anything to be in Tennessee right now to you know what's going on that night. Like, I just can't imagine that. They all lost their minds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before. I know it's been a, a while since we've been on here. But it's the SEC's motto, man. It just means more. And like I told you before, the way people across the country, especially up north, they look at, like, NFL and all that stuff. That's how the South looks at the, at the SEC. So that might as well have been Christmas Day for anybody wearing Tennessee orange. I mean, that's all they could have ever asked for. Yeah, no, it, it looked like it. It looked like it, but I'm also kind of like, you know, I mean, it, it, I think it says something, though, when everybody starts storming the field because they beat Alabama, and Alabama just beats them, and it's just business as usual. <laughs> absolutely. That's what, Oh, absolutely. If this would have been in Tuscaloosa, and Jordan, uh, excuse me, Alabama wins that game, nobody storms the field. It doesn't matter if they won by three or 30. That It's just... It goes back to what I said about if they were in the playoffs, would I be worried? Absolutely. It's just they've been there, they've done it, and at the end of the day, experience is something that just makes people better, and I think Nick Saban's got plenty of that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then kind of next up the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about George football in particular and Stetson Bennett. Kind of next up the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Same game parlays, easy bets payouts, player prop options, etc., etc. You guys know the deal. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TBPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. And now it's time for you, Mariah. 
All I want for Christmas is you. You love the holidays and you love betting. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Brett Swader with us. So, Brett, Georgia, uh, they won the national championship last year. Uh, and what I really wanted to talk to you about last year, actually, was that. So I'm going to ask you now, what were your thoughts of Georgia and your feelings of Georgia winning the national championship, you know, being a lifelong Georgia Bulldogs fan and kind of not kind of seeing – them winning, and now you do see them winning. You see them winning while beating Alabama. What was that like? Oh, man. It, honestly, I'm glad you asked that because I remember when we won that game, the only thing I said is there's not a – even though Ohio State, I told you, was the team I liked the least, there's not a team I wanted to beat more. Not only do I not like Alabama, and it's not really the, the, the organization or the coaching staff and players, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fans, but – there's no team I could have picked. Like I was like, if, if you have asked me, who do you want Georgia to beat for the national championship? I would have said Alabama. However, prior to the playoff era, I knew that probably would never happen. And the reason behind that is, for those who don't know, because at the end of the day, you get remembered or you get forgotten, and usually it's the champions who get remembered. But Georgia's a lot of their tenure of coming up short is because they would come up short against you know, oh Alabama in uh, 2012. Aaron Murray throws it to. Chris Conley, time runs out, we're on the two-yard line ball game, and then we watch Alabama go dismantle Notre Dame, knowing that Georgia could have done the same. I mean, uh, the twenty, the Hail Mary, or the second 26, I should say, in the national championship with Tua. The following year, Georgia playing them in the SEC championship, absolutely dominating the first half. I mean, I think it was 21 or 28-7 at halftime. And then Jalen Hurts comes in and fixes what he did wrong in the championship from last year. So there's just so many years of we can do it, we can do it, and we just come up short because of Alabama. And then so there's no way that I could have ever wrote a better story as a fan to see the first championship in my lifetime uh, than to beat Alabama and the greatest coach in college football. Okay, so you're ready to say Kirby's over Nick. Um, uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying... I'm oh, saying, oh, okay, okay. No, no, them beating the Saban. No. We, beat, we beat the team and the greatest coach. I mean... Who else would you have wanted to beat in the title game? And they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And, and, and then I didn't even mention that. You know, when we, we had a perfect season on the line, and which we turned around and got it back this year. Um, but we had that on the line as far as the SEC championship game last year. And so it looked like we still, as good as we were, and we were talking about for 12 weeks last year, it still looked like we didn't have what it takes to figure out Saban in Alabama. But then we turned around and beat them by double digits in the national championship, and I think we proved we figured it out. Did you have hope for Georgia in their rematch? Because when they played Alabama in the SEC championship game, everybody's talking about that vaunted Georgia defense, and Bryce Young and company, they kind of just lit it up, and Jamison Williams went crazy. like He was out running angles, and he was just beating everybody deep. So were you kind of concerned? 
Absolutely not. And I mean, people are going to go, wow. But I have receipts to prove it because I have a lot of Alabama fans, like I said. So we talked about it, of course. Uh, the reason is, and it's hard to beat an elite team twice. And it doesn't matter if you're an elite team. That's why I think Ohio State has a chance to beat Michigan. Georgia Alabama played twice last year. They split. Most of the time, I would say almost 90% of the time, when you have two elite teams play more than once in college, they're probably going to split. So I thought Georgia had a chance, and I actually said before the game, I said, I know we if we beat them, we're out, or they're out, so they're not going to make playoffs, they'll have two losses, whatever. So that would have been more comforting for me. However, if we did lose, I was like, it's hard to beat a team twice, and especially when a team's got five first-round draft picks on defense. Was that Georgia defense the best defense you've ever seen in college football? Better than, right, comes to mind, the 2012 Alabama defense, the 2012 LSU defense. No, 2011 Alabama and LSU defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were both solid. Um, I think they were different. And what I mean by that is I think uh, the 2011, like uh, LSU, for example, I know Alabama was also great. I mean, that year they played twice. That's another great example, two, team, two elite teams playing twice. Um, they split. Uh, the, the, the 9-6 to six game, a lot of LSU's best players defensively were defensive backs, stuff like Tyron Matthew, you know, uh, not Ed Reed, but Eric Reed. I mean, they had some first-round DBs, you know, stuff like that. Georgia did it more with the front seven, you know. We had one safety taken, but the rest of them was the front seven. So it, they were different styles of defenses. And honestly, I think it would have been better if they would have been swapped as far as era goes because – you know, it's a passing-heavy era nowadays, and we had a great front seven, and they had, which they had more than just their DBs, but I'm saying, where were their strong points and that compared to their weak points? So if you would have swapped them, I think it could have been even more scary, but it's hard to say they're not. I mean, you broke a defensive record with the most players drafted in the first round. It's hard to say that they weren't. And I think if they don't have that blemish against Alabama, it's no questions asked. However, they did get to Prove that it was the fluke it looked like. Yeah, that Georgia defense was insane. Uh, Lewis said, I loved him coming out of the draft. Like, just hard hitter, explosive all around the field. Obviously, there were linebackers like Nicobe D and Quay Walker. They just so much speed, sideline to sideline. Then Jordan Davis, who's like a freak of nature. Like, what is he? Like, 350 pounds. Wyatt. And then Jalen yes. Carter's like the third defensive tackle. And Jalen Carter's apparently going to be a top five pick. And then you um, have Jalen Carter's better than everybody that you just mentioned. Okay, so you think he's better than both Wyatt and uh, Davis? Uh, he's better than Davis because he's more athletic and he's he's bigger, physical, more physical than uh, Devontae. So um, I just don't see how Jalen Carter's not better. Um, this is this defense better than last year's as a whole? No, but they only averaged more a game. So, and I said to earlier, you know, I think their schedule was harder. But, yes, I definitely think Jalen Carter is better than them. And we're also not mentioning uh, Trayvon Walker, you know. From, I mean, he was the number oh, one yeah. draft pick. <laughs> Which was kind of surprising, even as a Georgia fan. Yeah, and then they also had, um, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Chase or something, the other d- defensive end who, like, had the allegations and then he couldn't play anymore, who everybody thought was going to be. Oh, a- no. Um Linebacker slash DN, maybe? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, uh, Adam Anderson, maybe? Yes, yeah, Adam Anderson, number yes. 19, I think. Yeah, n- number 19. Yes. And then he didn't play. In the first round. Yeah, yeah. And he was like. <laughs> he was he probably 
the only linebacker better than him would have been Nicobe Dean. Yeah, which was it just makes it even more crazy than Nolan Smith. Like just so much talent. Like it, it just it's insane. And you can obviously like all those guys are like first and second round picks that are gonna have great careers in the NFL. But it's just shocking to see that amount of talent and what Kirby was able to do to kind of mold that. When did you kind of know? Was there a specific game where you were like, this is like something special here with that defense? Um, yeah, uh, I was actually going to chime in on that, but I forgot what I was going to say. But um, to answer your question, I, I knew it when, it, like we talked about, depth. I mean, when when it's third down and you're like, shit, why is, uh, why is our starting linebacker coming off the field? And then the kid coming in is just as good. I mean, when you when you take Adam Anderson off the field, I'm, I know he got in trouble, got kicked off the team, probably would have also been a first-rounder. I think uh, Mel Kuyper had him as the second or third, I think second or third overall linebacker. And, um, of course, he didn't get drafted because of it. Um, that would have been a sixth player. Oh, yeah, I remember the other thing I was going to chime in real quick was the Johnson kid from uh, Florida State who got drafted in the first round. He was a Georgia boy. He transferred because he wasn't really fit in the Georgia scheme, and he wasn't – he was playing. He started, but he just wanted to be the guy. So he went to Florida State and it still became a first-rounder. So if those two things don't happen, we're talking about seven players on defense in the first round. I mean, that's just absurd. But to answer your question, like I said, it's it's when it's the Jalen Carter-Jordan Davis situation. When Jordan Davis is uh, coming off the field, and you're like, what are you doing? It's, it's third and five. And then this guy named Jalen Carter comes in, and you're like, okay, I understand what you're doing, Kirby. And – Back to the, the the 2011 Alabama defense, the common denominator in those two defenses are Curtin Scott. Yeah, defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Does Kirby call the defensive plays, though, for Georgia? I couldn't answer that question. I'm not sure. Uh, I think, I mean, he, I, I would say he probably has a lot of say-so on changing or anything like that, but, I mean, we've got Will Muschamp helping out. I think we got two, uh, another guy also is like co-defensive coordinators. Um, I'm sure it's more of a, a team effort on that side of the ball. I know that Kirby lets Monk, Munkin just take care of the offense, and then so basically it's just Kirby's only you know veto and stuff he doesn't like. I would say because um, I think he trusts his staff, and I mean his staff has done a great job everywhere they've been, especially here at Georgia. So I'm sure he doesn't make the initial play call unless it's something he absolutely just feels like they need to do per down. But I would say every single down, probably not. But I think he's the one who definitely makes the big-time decisions. And I'm sure, and obviously, he's probably heavily involved in the defensive game plan going into the week, right? I'm sure. Absolutely. Obviously heavily involved. I, you know, I, th- I think it's always probably always better when coaches don't play call because I think that just puts a lot of unnecessary stress and pressure and it kind of takes your mind away from the actual game. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably typically better. Even if you do have a coach, you might be the best option to be the play call. If you have somebody else who's competent enough, it's probably better. Because you want your coach kind of focusing on the flow of the game and kind of managing everybody, Absolutely. making sure everything is going correctly. Absolutely. And that's why I said I, I would say he probably doesn't. He has – I'm not saying, I'm not going to say more important things to do, but I'm going to say he has other responsibilities throughout the game that the other coaches don't have. So I think that's where his main attention span needs to be. Um and with a guy like Will Muschamp as one of your co-defensive coordinators, I think he's only named that because we didn't want to demote anybody. You know, and we lost uh, Dan Lanning to Oregon over the offseason, um, and he's doing pretty well out there, I think, just in year one. Um, but when you got a guy like Will Muschamp, who he may have not been too successful as a uh, head coach, but 
he's had great defenses everywhere he's went. I, I think you, especially with them two playing together at Georgia, they've worked together before. Uh, I think there's a lot of trust there. So I don't think uh, Kirby's too worried about having to call every single play. Do you think George is on the verge of starting a dynasty? If you if you win a national championship this year, I don't know how you say you can't, aren't because that would be three national championship appearances in five years. What do you think? People forget about the seventeen loss, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. When Tua came in, and they've made the playoffs multiple times uh, as well. Absolutely. How f- what else do I want to post this? When it comes to Georgia and the chances of a potential dynasty, what are the chances that you think this could become like they could just be the new Alabama and this is going to be something where it's like every year they're just winning the national championship? Well, I think it comes down to, in, in history's past, in, in the SEC, I, I'm going to argue, I mean, there's been, I will go ahead and say there's been years that I won't give the SEC as much props as people do. And I'm going to say, oh, we're not that top, you know, we might be top heavy, but as a conference, we're not that great. But it really just depends on what happens with the East because you've got a new coach at Florida. Um, if he can get Florida rolling again, you're going to give Georgia some fits and just division play. And then Tennessee, if, is Tennessee legit or is it just a, you know, they got some players one and done kind of thing? It really depends on what Hopple's got to go up there. But as far as, I mean, Georgia's already won the East six times out of the last ten years. And, and that people don't know that because they've only got two SEC championships to prove for it. But when you have to play, you know, Joe Burrow and the 2019 LSU Tigers and Nick Saban every time you get there, it's a little tough to win all of them. But, um, so, I think they have everything it takes as far as what's ahead of them right now. And Because the first step is to win your division. And it's look, I, I think they would be the favorite to win their division again next year. And... When, it, when you win that, it really comes to what's on the other side, which is the West. And I think Brian Kelly will do good things with LSU. I think Saban will rebound. But at the end of the day, Kirby's, what, 40, 42? Saban's how old? 70? I mean, I think that's a big deal. I think Kirby, I mean, he's proven he's one of the best recruiters in the nation. So if he keeps his foot on the pedal, I don't see why they can't at least be a playoff team every year, especially when this goes to 12 teams, I don't see Georgia not making the playoffs as long as Kirby Smart's head coach, unless something freaky happens. Do you think Stetson Bennett should have won the Heisman? I won't say he should have won it. Didn't he finish fourth in the voting, too? I'm sorry? Didn't he finish fourth in the voting, too? Yeah, I think that was a little much. I was not... I was saying third at worst. And, you know... A lot of people, he's had some love, he had some hate, a lot of hate, and especially with the Hendon Hooker versus Stetson conversation. And a lot of it is, oh, he's throwing the five-star, he's throwing the five-star, he's throwing the five-star. Well, guys, our, we don't have a guy on the team with more than 600 yards receiving. We don't have – we have, Stetson has completed passes to 21 different receivers. That goes back to the depth, of course. But as far as not tight ends – and. Brock Bowers is our lead receiver with like 600 yards and tight end. But as far as receivers, uh, a guy named Lad McConkey, who's a three, who three was a three star and only had offers from Bandy in Georgia, is our leading actual wide receiver. So to sit here and say that he's sitting here throwing to five stars, five stars, five stars is just not accurate. And if you look at the guy's top 25, he may have played some back games for sure. But if you go look at at the end of the season, teams ranked 25 out of all the four Heisman finals. 
He played more top 25 games with five. Caleb Williams also played five. After that, it was Hooker played four, and Duggan and Stroud played three. Uh, Stetson went five and oh. The next best uh, record would be Caleb Williams with three, with losing twice to Utah. He had a 73%, 73.1 completion percentage. The next closest would be Caleb Williams at 64.7. Oh, excuse me, C.J. Stroud at 70. He had 1,472 yards passing, uh, which was second behind Caleb Williams. But after that, he was in front of everyone else. However, he had 13 touchdowns passing, which is more than any of the guys I just mentioned. Two interceptions, which is uh, all of them had one or or Duggan had one interception. The rest of them tied at two. He had the highest QBR, 185.21, and the closest to that was 158.25. And he had was tied for first in most rushing touchdowns. So, And he was a conference champion. So if you want to look at it as far as how are you when you play the best, he's the best quarterback in college football this year. But do I think he's the most talented? Absolutely not. But I definitely think he's a lot better than people give him uh, – you know, get part, like he gets the, too much hate. Uh, I do thought I did think he would be second or third in the Heisman voting. I did not think he would win. I think if he would have had a couple of splashy games and took advantage of maybe playing like lesser talent, um, I think he would have. I think he would have had a better chance. But Kirby is a guy who loves to take his foot off the throttle. I don't really understand why. Um, Georgia. I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day that Stetson Bennett only threw nine. Or five to nine, I can't remember what the number, I'll have to find it and we'll get back to you, but it was somewhere between five and nine passes in the second half of eight out of the 13 games this year. Imagine if he would have threw like all the other guys I've just mentioned, what his numbers could have been. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Do you, Why do you think there is kind of this Stetson Bennett bias? Because, right, do you think it's because he was a walk-on? Obviously went to community college, everybody thought he was going to be a backup uh he only came into, I'm forgetting the quarterback's name, 18, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Jones. Who, who was the guy who was starting for Clemson the first? Uh, oh, um, JT Daniels. Yeah, JT Daniels. JT Daniels from USC. He was from USC, then they brought him in. Yeah, uh, and then now he's at West Virginia and going to transfer again. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I think that's just sickening, but <laughs> uh, you shouldn't be able to transfer that many times. That's crazy. Uh, but... Do you think it's because he wasn't viewed as a highly recruited guy, highly touted guy? He's considered a quote-unquote game manager. And then you see guys, people see Caleb Williams, C.J. Shroud, Matt Duke, and they're like, they are the focal point of the team. The team needs them to win. Everybody's kind of like, well, Stetson Bennett plays bad. Georgia's still going to win by 20 points because they're Georgia. Absolutely. And uh, I, I see, I, do I think, what, what do I think would happen if Georgia didn't have Stetson right now? A lot of people want to say Georgia would still be 13 though. I disagree. I think Georgia, I mean, they won by four against Missouri. We have a probably, I don't even know if Carson Beck will end up being the starter. He's our backup currently, but he is inconsistent as well. But so was Stetson when he got to Georgia. So if we don't have Stetson, people, people are like, he's not even your best player. He's not your best player. He's not your best player. Everybody wants to go, Brock Bowers is your best offensive player. I go, that's cool, but 600 yards doesn't make you 13 enough. You know what I mean? So, you know, or I think he had maybe 800-something total yards because they like to hand him the ball sometimes, too, because he's a stud. But here's the thing. If Brock Bowers goes down, there's a guy named Darnell Washington who's probably a top three or four tight end in the nation. And uh, if Stetson goes down, 
we're, we're throwing in a guy in there who I've watched throw really well. And then I've also watched him throw two interceptions back-to-back and watched him throw interceptions in a dang spring game, multiple interceptions. So it's not that I think Brock is not our best player. It's just there's nobody on the Georgia football team more valuable than Stetson. But when you're a, a former walk-on in a room full of four and five stars and you're you're just under six foot and you're playing quarterback, you're going to get hate. I just – I don't care. I mean, it just doesn't matter who you are at the college level, especially if you recruit that well. They're sitting here saying, well, if we can recruit that well, why can't we get a quarterback? And I'm like, well, to me, you have a quarterback. So what about this? Let's say you switch out C.J. Shroud for Stetson Bennett. Do you think Ohio State's any worse or Georgia's any better? I don't think – I mean, Georgia's probably going to do the same thing because here's the thing. It doesn't matter if, if – let's just say C.J. is – whether you think he is or isn't, let's say C.J. is a better quarterback than Stetson hands down. The thing is, Kirby's still going to like, coach like Kirby. And I think Stetson – they were comparing – they were getting mad about Hooker not being there instead of Stetson. I'm like, first of all, that's not up to Stetson. But Hooker threw like 70-something passes in the last two games. I think Stetson threw, I think, 30-something. So – it's not comparable. Kirby just loves to let off the gas. So C.J. Stroud wouldn't have 37 touchdowns passing probably if he was at Georgia. Because how many times has Stetson sat out in the second half? Georgia ran the ball three times against – or, or I'm just, excuse me, Georgia only threw the ball three times against Tennessee in the second half, and they were ranked number one. So, I mean, I know they ended up losing South Carolina, ended up, you know, 10-2. The point is – there's so many, there's so much evidence that nobody ever wants to look at that you can find, and it's like, well, dang, what would have Stetson done if he threw the ball just as much as everybody else? And he may throw it a lot, but what does he do in the second half? He had four touchdowns against LSU in the first half. He, I don't even think they really tried to throw it much at all in the second. So Kirby's always been a conservative coach. He likes to get up, get that lead. He's a defensive guy, and he wants to just control it, run the clock, and then win the football game. I think if he would always want to step on people's throats. I think Stetson would have had numbers that would have won the Heisman. I, and whether you like him or not, I just think the numbers would have been too good. But with his numbers being able to get to the Heisman as is, everybody just be better luck you didn't get to throw it another 20 times in each second half instead of, you know, three. You think Kirby did a disservice to Stetson Bennett then? No, because Kirby is he's not an award ceremony guy. However, if, he, if, if the hard work um, – gets you into Atlanta, then, or excuse me, not Atlanta. Well, Atlanta as far as conference, championship, playoff game, whatever, if it's there. Um, but as far as like getting to New York, Kirby is not here to get players to New York. Kirby's here to win championships. And I think he's trying to do that, and it looks like he's on his way, and he's already done it once. He's going to try to do it again. But it, And that's the thing is uh, a lot of people want to talk about, you know, Georgia used to have a lot of great running backs, and Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, all this stuff. It doesn't matter who plays running back at Georgia nowadays. They would. It's going to be very hard for Georgia to ever have a Heisman winner just because of his of Kirby's style of play. He's all about depth. He's all about controlling the clock. He's all about you know playing defense, especially like running back position. It, it doesn't matter if we even had Nick Chubb right now. He wouldn't have enough yards to win Heisman. I mean, we've got four kids who have got the carries on in, in prime time this season, like not talking about like the backups are in. We have four running backs who have gotten carries. We, we are our leading rusher this year, I think has seven or 800 yards rushing. It's just, he's all about fresh, healthy legs, wins, get depth, wins games. And so 
it just really depends. It, it's a disservice if you want to be a coach like Lincoln Riley that produces Heisman winners. But if you want to win championships, I think he's doing the right thing. Brett, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Sorry it's been so long. Hopefully not, not like that next time. And once again, I want to thank Brett Sweeter for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 518th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.